today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Research has made it abundantly clear that ADHD uh, is significantly impairing to uh, a, a number of different students uh, that are dealing with this right now. Uh, and many parents and, and some doctors will actually tell you that it's actually on par with other neurodevelopmental disorders, uh, such as autism and, and other learning disabilities. But some doctors may agree with that. Some parents may agree with that. But apparently the Ministry of Education in Ontario does not. Uh, the ministry continues to refuse to recognize ADHD as a disability in the special education categories of exceptional. And as a result, uh, it's not getting the help, and the students that are dealing with ADHD are not getting the support that they really need. Joining us to talk about this is Heidi Bernhardt, who is the Director of Advocacy and Education Centre for ADHD Awareness in Canada. Heidi, so glad you could join us. Thank you so much for the time today. Hi, good morning, Bill. I'm glad you, listen, this is, some, as my producer Jordan was talking to me about this the other day about doing a topic on this, and he says, would you be interested? And I said, are you kidding? I mean, I, I hear from parents all the time about this. I hear from teachers all the time about this. Uh, dealing with ADHD uh, is oftentimes misdiagnosed. Uh, it's, it's frustrating for parents. It's certainly frustrating for students and teachers as well. Uh, and I think this is a, a discussion that we need to have, and I think we need to shine the light on this. Yes, definitely. So this is something we have been advocating for for years now, and the Ministry of Education in Ontario still refuses to recognize ADHD in its categories of exceptionality. And I know that sounds confusing to people as to what that is, but basically for a student in Ontario to receive special education resources that are backed up by sort of law, they're right, they have to be identified under one of these categories, and ADHD is totally excluded from those categories. So back in uh, 2011, there was a memorandum that went out to school saying, you know, just put, but recognize these students, put them in any category. The school boards are still, the majority of them are refusing. So a lot of these kids while they can maybe get an IEP from uh, that stands for individual education uh, mm-hmm. plan from some schools, others refuse, some pull it when they get to high school. It's total inconsistency across the problem, the province, and we are really losing a lot of these kids significant high school dropout because they're not getting the resources they need. I, I think to have an honest discussion about this, we have to, to lay our cards on the table here. And I'm, I'm sorry if I'm going to step on people's toes, uh, but I think it needs to happen because I've, I've talked to educators about this for the longest time. Uh, off, I mentioned in the beginning of our conversation, this is often misdiagnosed. Sometimes it's not diagnosed at all uh, because for those who may not understand the acronym, ADHD, Attention Dis- Deficit uh, Hyperactive Disorder. And, and I've, I've talked to some teachers, frankly, Heidi, over years and years ago, even going back to the time when I was on city council. Uh, that said, well, you know, so-and-so is not hyperactive, so it's not ADHD. It, it presents in different ways to different students, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, and actually, you know, it's over-diagnosed far less than people think. We are generally still way under-diagnosing ADHD because it presents very differently, and, and kids actually and adults don't have to have hyperactivity to have ADHD. And it's exact, actually the difficulty or impairment with regulating attention that causes the hugest issue for these kids at school. Hyperactivity and impulsivity, which are sometimes two of the other symptoms, 
are annoying to other people, but they're not going to prevent the child from learning. It's their attention being turned off, as well as impairment in what we call executive functions that impairs these kids and their learning. And these are kids that can learn, right? They can succeed. They can go through post-secondary. They can get good careers, but we have to support them in their learning well, and I say I, I'm not going to try to lay this all at the teacher's fault because I mean they've, God knows they've got enough problems and enough stresses going on in their lives already uh, without having to have to make these diagnoses. But oftentimes, uh, what I hear from frustrated parents is is they they simply write this this child off and say you know what they're just lazy or you know what they're just not paying attention or they're they're just a royal pain in the butt. You know some kids are like that. You know uh, they're not paying attention in school uh, and and they don't understand that look, these these are all boxes that are being checked to suggest that maybe there should be further exploration here instead of simply chastising the student and saying, you know, why can't you pay attention? What's the matter with you? Exactly. And we get that, that mislabeling, the, that stigmatized, those stigmatizing labels on these kids, which are totally wrong because teachers are not educated about ADHD. They don't receive any or next to no training on ADHD, although they'll have one to three kids in their class every year with ADHD. Mm -hmm. So if we actually get this designation, what happens is, which we found once autism was put in the categories, training for educators flows, awareness happens that, uh, you know, then when we have teachers who are knowledgeable about the red flags and recognize what they're seeing as a medical disability or impairment rather than bad behavior or laziness, then we can get somewhere with these kids. Yeah, I, I had the, uh, the, the good fortune, actually, to know a very insightful doctor when I was uh, doing all this research on this who brought me up to speed and, and enlightened me about an awful lot of the stuff like this. And, and you're right. I mean, I, when I say a lot of the teachers don't diagnose it, they're the frontline workers. They're the ones in the classroom that, that actually would, would see this sort of behavior. Uh, but, again, they're, they're not the ones that are supposed to be making the diagnosis. I mean, no. you know, and I, I, by the way, and I have heard situations like that where, where a teacher will go to, to a, a vice principal and say, look, I think, I think we, maybe we should have a talk with the parents about this. I think there's something going on here and that's that's but that doesn't happen all the time uh and I, i'll give you a little historical perspective well, i know you know it heidi but let's talk about this uh back in the day when, when we started to understand a little bit more about adhd uh too often what happened was well we'll just put them on pills and you know put them on ritalin everything will be fine it was almost perceived in some people's minds as the wonder drug that was going to fix this uh, and that's it's not that simple a solution no, definitely not. So treatment for ADHD should always, always be what we call multimodal. The first thing that happens, should happen after a diagnosis, is ed educating the parents if the child is old enough. And we've got tons of resources on the CADAC website, even child videos to teach kids about their ADHD. That's step one. Step two is putting in supports and strategies at home and at school. But when we can't put them, those strategies in at school, then we have a much more difficult time. And yes, medication is an option because it does help with attention regulation. Not mm -hmm. all kids need medication, but medication should never, ever be the only treatment for ADHD. And that you're totally right that a lot of teachers 
have this misconception that you just stick the kid on a pill and everything will be solved. As we say, pills don't teach skills, right? Mm-hmm. All the pills do is give us a bigger window of attention. It doesn't mean all of the impairments are going to be solved with that. We have to support these kids and and train them, give them support in executive functioning training, um, because these kids can be successful in life. Oh, sure. We, we've heard, look at, uh, there's a long list, by the way, of people that are very successful in business and show business and, and in sports and athletics that, that have had to grow up and live with ADHD uh, and, and got that proper help. I mean, but unless that help is available, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be somewhat inhibited by what they can do, uh, which brings us back to the original part of our conversation here. The Ministry of Education here in Ontario doesn't recognize uh, ADHD as in the same realm as it does with autism and other learning disabilities. Uh, so as a result, uh, boards of education don't get the resources that they should to be able to deal with this on a regular basis. So, so it's a, it starts at the top and just filters down. And, and sadly, by the time it gets to the classroom, uh, you might, if, you, if you're a parent that just says, look, and I'm not going to take no for an answer, you might get some assistance in the in the way of, for instance, a teaching assistant or something like that. But even then, those resources are stretched uh, in boards of education these days. You might get somebody for what they call a half day, uh, but but you're in school for five hours. What do you do for the other two hours, two and a half hours? Uh, you know well, exactly, and nobody actually. Um unless their impairments are very, very severe, would get even a half-day EA. Exactly. So sometimes you get a float of, you know, 10 minutes help here, here or there. But what we're asking parents, parents, educators, students, adults who had bad experiences, anyone interested in this should go to the CADAC website. It's just C-A-D-D-A-C dot C-A. Click on our campaign and which will allow you within minutes to send an email to your elected official and the Minister of Education because what our elected officials keep telling us is they question why they should care about ADHD because they say their constituents never talk to them about ADHD so they assume their constituents don't care while parents of kids with autism will speak to them. So we need to bring this to the attention of our elected officials and the Minister of Education that there are a lot of families and kids struggling out there because they're not getting the support they need. Well, certainly, and and to your point, I mean, we've had a number of discussions with people from the Autism Society, a couple of different organizations, of course, that are seeking uh, more help from that, and uh, uh, just the fact that there's a loud voice does not necessarily mean the government's going to be on side with that. They're a very frustrated group of parents and and organizers as well, because they're not getting the support that they need. Uh, And again, a lot of it comes down, Heidi, to a lack of understanding by the decision makers. They don't understand what we're talking about with ADHD, just as they didn't understand about autism. You know, that that you're on a spectrum. It has, it has different impacts on different students in different ways. There's no cookie-cutter solution uh, or diagnosis for this. So as a result, they just simply say, well, it's probably just a student that's not behaving properly or a student that's not interested in learning, uh, which is not the case at all. No, and there are actually very, very good parameters to diagnose ADHD. There are Canadian practice guidelines. It's very well defined as how as to how you diagnose ADHD, autism, learning disabilities, which are all neurodevelopmental disorders, right? Mm-hmm. And they all impair learning similarly a lot of the impairments cross over the different disorders and again you're totally correct 
it's on a spectrum as to how severe or mild you have that. So you may have a child with a milder case of autism and a more severe case of ADHD, and it's the more severe case of ADHD that's going to cause more impairments, right? So this is very individual um, to the child, so we can't lump all kids in together to say if you have autism, you're going to have more problems. If you've got learning disabilities, you're going to have less or more. It's all individual, but by excluding one whole group of kids, we're really causing an inequity here. And, and your point's well taken. It's, it, this is like autoimmune diseases. I mean, very much, it's, it's not unusual for a student uh, to have more than one uh, of these uh, circumstances that are impacting their lives. So, I mean, it's, 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 it just adds to the frustration, of course, because you can't pinpoint and say, well, that's exactly what that is. Uh, and there are, there are tools, and I know you know these, but I mean, again, when I've had programs like this in the past, and we've talked with boards of education, and I, I've got to give a shout out, by the way, the Hamilton Board of Education, I think, has been very uh, proactive in trying to develop programs for students that are facing these sorts of challenges. Uh, there, you know, you can have somebody who can scribe for you if that's going to be a problem. Uh, other uh, assistances that they can give. You know, you can write your exams or tests or whatever uh, outside of the classroom so you're not being distracted by other students or you're not distracting other students. They're there, but the problem is is resources. And if they don't have the support from the ministry, the resources are, are very, very difficult to come by. Right. Well, the resources actually for, for most kids with ADHD would flow from the chunk of funding that school boards are given for special education um, yep. resources. And you're right, those accommodations are available if you are recognized as a student with a disability, right? Mm -hmm. So that's step one. We have to actually have these kids recognized and get what we call an individual education plan. Now, they can get that without the recognition at, at the discretion of the school, right? But if you're recognized, you get an IEP by law, and it follows you to the end of your post-secondary, I mean, your um, high school career, right? Post-secondary is another issue, but we actually find kids with ADHD get better accommodation in resources in post-secondary than they do in high school. And that's very sad because we have to get them through high school, right, to get to post-secondary. And, and once you get into that, of course, there, as you say, there are reassessments going on from time to time, too, to make sure that, that the program that the, the, the student is in is, is going to be the best possible situation. Uh, we're just about out of time here. Heidi, drive them to the web page again. Where can they go if they want to get more information? Uh, C-A-D-D-A-C dot C-A. There'll be a banner across the top with a picture of a little girl and a sign that says help, which will direct them to the campaign, and they can send an email or tweet within minutes. Heidi, thanks so much for the great work that you're doing on this. I'm hoping that our conversation here is uh, going to be a, a beacon for some of the parents, I'm sure, that are listening to this right now, that maybe there, there is a channel and an avenue for them to follow. Let's uh, stay in touch. Thanks for this today, though. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Take care. Heidi Barnhart, of course, from the uh, Advocacy and Education Center for ADHD Awareness here in Canada. Real problem for the, an awful lot of boards. And, and like I say, it's, it's not as that the boards are oblivious to this. It's that the ministry itself has to understand that this is a concern and that they have to pay attention to that as well. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.